Welcome to Sunburnt Country Music, interviews with Australian country music artists. My name is Sophie and I have been interviewing Australian country music artists for over a decade and I still love it. I love their stories, I love their insights and I love their music. So I hope you enjoy hearing from them on this podcast. Will Day released the album Countryfied in 2021 and he is a busy performing artist as well as a teacher and he has a brand new song called Always a Girl and I'm going to ask him about that and about his Tamworth Country Music Festival. Hi, Will. Hello, Sophie. How are you? I'm very well, thank you, and uh, keen to hear about your Tamworth because I was looking on your social media and you had quite a run of shows, including something that was under the vines. <laughs> yeah, I did. It was Tamworth was fantastic. Um, I always sort of go, I, I always go. Oh, I'm going to have a quieter Tamworth this year. You know, I'll just, I'll just kind of, you know, play it steady. I can't help myself. I love playing shows, um, and I love playing country music in in 35 to 40 degree heat. You know, nothing beats it. To be honest. Um, sweating it out so look it was a really I gotta be honest it was it felt like my I guess it makes sense being my no I think it was my ninth festival my my best one yet it just felt really good um and I had some new music out like that that the week of so um but the shows were and, and the vibe in town was very normal um um I suppose um pre-covid normal it felt like so it just there's this there was this air of kind of um familiarity I suppose in the air with with you know we're back country music's back so very promising signs yeah it was awesome now you had a fan zone performance and for those who don't know fan zone is a place where fans can go and see at least three songs I think it is from pretty much every artist who's going to appear at the festival and so it's quite a it's quite a vibe I think it's quite fun did you enjoy it I did, yeah. Um, it's it's basically it's right in the middle of the street that um, your viewers who don't know, and it's 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 always it goes from like ten a.m. all the way through to six p.m. or seven p.m. or something. And as you mentioned, there's all there's every artist, no matter um, sort of where where you're at um, in in pecking order or whatever, however you want to call it, um, every artist generally has a crack at fan zone. And it was actually I had a really good time slot this year during the day and um, had a had a good crowd there, so it was really fun. And I, I didn't mention Country Under Vines. You did, but there was something under the vines. And it was a, a show we played at the Long Yard Hotel, which is one of Tamworth's, you know, um, most, a well-known venue in Tamworth, out the back in the Gnu Gnu Room and was raising money for Ronald McDonald House. Um, and I believe they raised close to $50,000. My first time being a part of the lineup. It was a full house. It, w- it was a very, very special day, very well-run day and for such a great cause. It was a real eye-opener for me, actually, to see we went and did a tour of Ronald McDonald House, um, thanks to Rhiannon from from the from the house there in Tamworth. Quite an eye opener to see what they do, um, and they run solely on fundraisers. There's no government support, so really incredible. And for anyone who doesn't know what they do, it is to provide accommodation and support for the family members of sick children who need treatment in town. So they've usually come from somewhere else. They need to stay close to their child and Ronald McDonald House will provide that. So, yeah, that's just an aside, but it's good for people to, to look at. Oh, look, I, I think, it, as I said, I, I was, um, I've was i had family members that have utilised Ronald McDonald House in, in Brisbane before and um, it was uh, in, in a in a, in a uh, place like Tamworth where there's lots of, you know, uh, lots of regional areas um, mm-hmm. where there needs to be a central point. Um, um, you know, so it was, yeah, if you can support Ron McDonald House wherever you live, it's very, very worthwhile, of course. 
Now you're a Queenslander, so I'm wondering if that gives you an advantage when it comes to playing in the heat in Tamworth because you live in a hot place. I do, I do. It's been uh, today up here in in Brisbane was pretty good. It was almost nice, um, I guess. Um, (laughs) (laughs) A couple of days ago, it was like it was disgusting. It was. It, I think, you know, you go on, on your phone, you go, it's it's 32, but it feels like 38 or something. It was one of those, the humidity. But in Tamworth, it's a dry heat, I, I feel. And I grew up in a town called Gundawindi, which is the dry heat territory. Right. Um, so I can deal with the dry heat. It's it's actually the humidity in Brisbane I, I struggle with the most. So. <laughs> yes, I've said that to people before, that Tamworth is a dry heat. So, you know, I barely notice it. You just sort of go, oh, it's hot, but you can still move around. Um yeah. People who wear, you know, the cowboy boot and the cowboy hat, though, it probably gets a bit challenging. Yeah, yeah, I, I really, because when I play and I, I put on shows, I, it's, I'm giving it my all. You know, that's what people are there to see, and that's, I just, it's just what I do. It's, it, in, and I, I, it takes two songs, and I'm away. We go, and we're dripping with sweat, and my poor band members have to kind of stay away from me, so I'm not <laughs> dousing them in sweat. It's quite disgusting, but anyway, it's look, you got to get into it, and um, and yeah. Tamworth was lived up to its weather reputation. <laughs> Fantastic. And after a few years of not much gigging, because as I said, you are usually a very busy artist and and there was an enforced slowdown for everyone. You must be enjoying being back in front of audience who are, who are audiences who are behaving like they're back. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Just seeing people, you know, we had a couple of shows just uh, on the weekend, um, played at a, at a town called Cropper Creek, a tiny town. Um, in the Gwydis Shire in New South Wales over the weekend, and it was a town hall event. Everyone, the whole community was there. It's fantastic. Another show in Brisbane on Sunday, and uh, a, a real sense of normality. Um, and every now and then, when I'm playing the show, or after the game, hang on a sec, that was only like um, even well, probably in Queensland, maybe 12 months ago, max, where you weren't even allowed to get up and walk around at a venue. So um, it's it's promising signs where we're headed. I do think that, you know, we've got a way to go in terms of rebuilding the industry, but, um, yeah, it's nice to be back doing what we love for sure. Given that you do play a variety of shows, you've played BNS balls, you've done festivals, all sorts of things. I'm curious when you first get to a venue and the audience starts to arrive, do you, drawing on your experience, have a sense of how that audience is going to behave or, you know, what sort of show it's going to be just like you sort of think, oh, it could be a rowdy night or they could be a quiet crowd. Or do you just wait to start and see what happens? It's a, it's a really good question. And often it's, it's when they're quiet and you, there's a sense of quiet and there might be, you know, for example, the show on Saturday, there's people sort of scattered around this hall and out on the grass and enjoying the, you know, twilight kind of period. And I'm kind of going, what's this, what's going to happen here? Are they going to come in and, and be part of this show? Cause you know, um, that's why we're here. That's why we're, they're here. And it turned out to be a great night. Um, and it, it's, it's when they're, when I do these rodeos or BNSs, it's just rowdy from the start. And I just go, you kind of get the, get that buzz. You're like, okay, you get nervous in a different way. It's like, okay, they're up for it. We've got to go. And if they're not really into it, you kind of got to go, all right, how in the world am I going to brush that aside and go, these people need to get into it. And that's why we're here. Um, it just got to sort of flick the flick the switch and and give it your all essentially. So, but it's it, it is a it's a it's a high performance act like or like a type type rope walking act in a way because you don't have a lot of time like you you know your gigs however long you know an hour or ninety minutes or whatever you're a headliner and you do want to get them in so I imagine you do draw on everything you know but at the same time there's a little bit of 
um, I don't know, magic or magicianship maybe. Yeah, and, and experience too, I think. Um, I used to, um, I still get obviously, if you're not getting nervous when you're doing what we do, uh, I think there's a problem and you're probably, um, you're not really that passionate about it. It's, it's a good, it's a good nervousness. But um, it probably comes, I, I built that kind of skill over time, I'm still building that skill. Um, and I, I'm doing some teaching. I always talk to the students about that. You know, it takes a lot of time to, to develop that, that um, sense of, okay, I've got, I've got three hours, as you said. I've got one hour. I've got 40 minutes, whatever it is. They go, you need to impress these people. And, um, and audiences are funny. Like, it's not really about impressing them. It's about kind of going, well, if, if you're not having a good time, they're not. You really invest in that kind of mindset, I think. That's what I do. So I kind of have to go, all right, even if you're kind of feeling what's happening at this show, that's all right. Put on a show and it all will be okay. And often it is. Um, and it's it comes with time and experience and lots of gigs, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess there's not a lot of room for self-doubt in that either because if you start to doubt what's going on, because it's, it's never going to be about the artists really. Like it's always about whatever's happening for these people in the room. But if you allow self-doubt to creep in, everything will deflate from that point. That, that exactly right. And don't get me wrong, I, the self-doubt always creeps in for me. That's like that, that flicking that switch going, okay, you've just got to kind of a step aside of that, almost a step out outside of that. It's, it's, it's quite difficult to do. But luckily enough, like I've done lots of solo, like thousands of solo gigs over my career and the solo gigs are tough, but I'm lucky enough all the touring I'm doing now I'm with a full band. So you draw on the camaraderie of your your band and I've got some I've some great mates that share the stage with me and that's actually a big big part of it could you turn around to the drummer and go yeah it's all right it's it, we're going to be okay bass player guitar shit we got this you know so yeah it's a nice and the, feeling and at the very least you're having fun with your mates so that's that, and, and that's right even if anyone isn't listening you're having fun with your mates anyway and that's what music's about so yeah. Now, one of the songs that I'm sure you were playing in Tamworth because you released it around that time was, or is, or I should say, Always a Girl, your new single. What did you like about this song that you wanted to record it? Yeah, yeah. Um, new territory for me, Sophie, a recording, not recording, but released. There was a song on Country Fire that I didn't write either that I released on the album. First time releasing a single um, that I didn't write. And to be honest, it was just we were just trying something new. Um, um, I'm, I'm talking to my 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 great mate, publicist and manager Karen. We just thought, let's just let's just you know, mm-hmm. let's try this, and and it's worked out really well. So essentially, because um, I'm with uh, like a publishing company that can sort of have ac- has access to all hundreds of songs, we thought we'll try it. If anything jumps out at me, I'll record it, and if it doesn't, well, I guess you go. Well, we tried and it didn't work, and we'll go and write another song. But this song, there's it's. It's kind of, it's, it's country rock. It's a bit edgy. It's got a great kind of modern sort of sound to it, I suppose, in the way it's written. But really the, the, the actual songwriting is actually incredible. It, it blew my mind out to the quality of the actual song. Um, it's still a love song and I haven't written a lot of love songs and I find them pretty tricky to write and do them well. Um, but this song was so well written and I'm just like that guitar riff at the start is, is very me as an artist. So you try to look for little pieces that you think, okay, well, if I record it, it would sound like Will Day, I suppose. You know, I could and and pay compliment to these amazing writers who wrote it. So it just it sort of it just had all the ingredients for the sort of song that I would work for me, like not only recorded but playing live as well. And so far, it's um yeah, it's been received really well, and really proud of it actually. Yeah. yeah. 
And as you said, it's not a song you write, but it's and it's interesting how much pressure can be put on artists to write songs. But when you think about a lot of the singers that everyone admires, they don't write their own material. Like Frank Sinatra, Michael Bublé, people like that, they didn't write their own material. They were relying on songwriters to bring them great stuff. And there is so much skill in interpreting a song and performing it that that I think can be under-acknowledged when you're the singer-songwriter because everyone thinks, oh, well, you wrote it, you know how to sing it. But when you're taking someone else's material, you've really got to connect to it and find a way to record yeah. it and then play it live. So when, sorry, go on. I'm talking, talking. No, talking. no, no. <laughs> no, no, it's, but it's a really interesting. No, you're exactly right. I'm, you mentioned Frank Sinatra and I'm um, in my teaching role at the moment. I'm teaching in pop, popular music history class and I was talking about Frank Sinatra and all those songs came from Tin Pan Alley and by these great writers that they just pumped out songs in the 40s and that's the, the, Nat King Cole and, and Frank Sinatra, they needed songs to record and it's the same today. Um, you know, I, I know that someone like Keith Urban released a lot of his own stuff in the early days, but now um, he doesn't really write a lot of it. So, and it's a, it, to be honest, it's a bit of a battle um, for, for me as a, as a songwriter versus the artist sort of thing. Cause I go, oh, am I, am I kind of selling myself out as a songwriter there? I'm like, and I've thought about it. I'm step back and go, well, not really. Um, I'm just kind of taking another angle. And, and if there's a, if there's a great song out there and, and I think it deserves to be recorded. Um, I'll be proud to do it, you know. Um, you, as you said, though, you kind of got to, you have to try and relate to it in some way. Um, yeah. And I'm really glad I've done it. It's been something, something a really a positive experience and I'll do it again, you know. So it was, it's been good fun. It's a very catchy song. So it works, it works very well. Yeah, it's got that, it's got that catchiness to it. And just, you know, you look at the three writers that wrote it, it's like they've written number ones for um, huge American artists and, I was quite, I just feel quite grateful actually that um, that song was floating around there in the song universe and and um, I've managed to staff it up. So, yeah. <laughs> when you first play a song uh, for an audience, or like a new song, um, whether it's a song from years ago or this one, whenever you're an artist presenting a new song, do you sort of play it the way you are going to record it or have already recorded it and then modify it as you go? Or do you just sort of say, this is the way I'm doing it live. This is how we're doing it. Yeah, it's uh, it, generally when you, the way I do it anyway, when I first play it live, it's sort of, no matter if you rehearse it or whatever, it's always takes a little bit to feel comfortable in the skin of the song um, playing it live. You know, you're so used to, you've, you've done it, you've sung it a thousand times doing the vocal take or whatever. Um, but often the musicians who played on the recording aren't the musicians who play it live. Um, so not, not all the time, but for me in this case it was. So um, they've kind of got to connect to it, this amazing band I have. So it takes, a little, it takes a little while to kind of get comfy with it. So the safest bet is to give, give the guys, okay, here's the track, we're going to play it to the track, the structure, and that's the best way to do it. You might mm-hmm. have to change a couple of little things, but then you'll find it kind of develops over time and, um, things might sort of change with outros and intros and that kind of thing. There might be an extended solo, but the the safest. But it's to sort of say, all right, we're going to play it as we recorded it. Yeah, I mean, partly why I'm asking you these questions is to is to to try to bring out that there's a, how much skill is involved in being a live artist. Actually, you're playing for lots of different types of audiences because, as you said, you've played solo, you've played with a band, you've played rodeos, you've played BNSs, you've played Tamworth, you've played quieter shows and clubs. It's not just showing up and going, oh, hey, I'm here with my amp and my guitar. Yeah, no. You've actually got to read the room, put together the set list, and then adjust as you're going. 
Yeah, it's so it's a really tricky, it can be very fickle, um, very challenging uh, environment. And I feel like I'm lucky enough. I've kind of worked really hard. At, you, I guess you, what I've tried to do as an artist, as, a, as an original artist, you know, doing the uh, Will Day songs and, and playing country music is you try and try and keep progressing in your career. So the small, those smaller, tougher club gigs, which I've done thousands of, you do less of. And yeah. you can be playing your own, putting on your own show um, to larger audiences and bigger stages with production and whatever. So um, I'm very lucky that I'm kind of doing a lot more of those shows now. But I still do, I still do gigs. You know, every now and then, it's like, man, okay, this is going to be, this could be really tough work. What's the mindset? How do I read this room? Um, and I think really, if I, probably, if I don't know, if you've asked the superstars, I mean, even though they're playing stadiums, it's still a different audience every night, no matter what. Yeah. And you never know how they're going to react. It's tough. It, it's it's a really, it's a tough thing. But we do it because it's just like, well, this is this is us laying out, laying it all out essentially. Um, yeah. What we do, and let's hope someone connects at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah, and it's a fundamental need of humans, I think, to gather and and listen to music. And and certainly, yeah. I've seen people coming back to shows. Obviously, as you said, there are still some things that need to be done for the industry. Um, but they come. But yeah, the enthusiasm seems to be there. <laughs> It does, and you know, there's some promising things happening with the, you know, announcement of funding, whatever, to build the the live music industry in the film industry. But um, <clears throat> back up, I was just thinking about talking about audiences. I went to see Keith Urban in December in Brisbane, and he said, "I've been to a few Keith Urban shows, but he said um, in this two hours, guys, not everything else <laughs> outside of here, it doesn't matter." And it was a and what a, what an entertainer, and I really related to that going. He's right. All these, there's 14,000 people in here, 15,000. That's what it, and essentially when we're doing that on a significantly smaller scale, it's the same thing, you know. Um, everyone has something going on in their life, but you kind of have this job once you're on that stage to go, all right, let's, let's be in it together, essentially. Yeah. Um, sounds a bit yeah. cliche, but it, it's what it is, you know. So. Well, it's not, it's, it is, I, it is fundamental to, to human society. You know, throughout millennia, we have gathered yeah. to do things. And when we are gathering again, even if people are still slightly nervous, but to go <laughs> back to your music, um, because Always a Girl is not on Countryfied. Countryfied only came out in 2021. You didn't really get a chance to play it live as much as you would have otherwise because of the pandemic. Were you at all tempted to hang on to those songs a bit longer or you just thought, okay, done, new material? Look, uh, the way I kind of do things, it's always about moving on with releases and and the way the kind of the country music industry works is that you've, you've got to keep releasing. That's my kind of got to keep touring, got to keep releasing and keep things fresh. Um, we very much live in a world of releasing singles, right? Um, and I, I still think the album has its place. I'm so proud of Countryfire, glad I did that. And I'm hoping that, Always a girl will be off the next album. That's this will be the start of the next album. Hopefully, hopefully next year is the goal. But um, no, it's just a matter of going. Okay, that's kind of done that cycle. And well, the reality is, I got um, uh, I released five five singles, five or six singles off Countryfied. So if you're getting five or six singles out of an album, which is half the album, you can't complain too much. So, <laughs> but um, but it's always there. That it's a body of work, and um, and I know that you know it's something I can always have to to promote um, seller gigs, et cetera, and people can relate to as my first record. Yeah. Yeah. And so looking ahead to this year, I imagine you schedule yourself fairly far in advance. Yeah, we do. Um, lots of prep at the moment and late last year is going into touring for the year. Um, I've got a lot of great like uh, regional Australia events planned uh, already and a lot in Queensland, but 
Um, really trying to branch out in, into state a lot more this year. That's the goal. Um, now we can do that. You know, I had that countrified tour, which was actually a national tour plan, but uh, a lot of it didn't really happen for obvious reasons. So really trying to branch out a little bit this year into different parts of Australia um, and, and just keep an eye on opportunities and, and, and get those dates in the diary because, you know, um, and get on the road. You've got to be on the road. That's that's my ethos. <laughs> <laughs> and also, you know, I think you love it to an extent because you've been doing I do. it. Oh, yeah. I do. I do. You know, I came home on, we had a great weekend. I came home on Sunday night and I was wrecked, absolutely wrecked. And I'm working a day job now. So, you know, it's, it, I was absolutely exhausted, but I just said to the guy, I said, man, what a, what a great weekend. And I just, you know, every time I do it, no matter how, how many times I do it, I go, man, I love this. This is the best life. It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that is a great note to end on, I think, Will. Um, The new single is Always a Girl. I'm sure I'll talk to you again when you have some new music. Have a fun few months till I talk to you again. Thank you, Sophie. And, um, yeah, there'll be more releases coming. So I always love our chats. I always um, appreciate your support. So thank you so much. Thanks for chatting to me. Thanks for listening to the Sunburnt Country Music Podcast. For more Australian country music interviews and reviews and other things, go to sunburntcountrymusic.com or to Sunburnt Country Music on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok.